Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I am Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is OC4 Venture Studio, where we are working with the best and brightest SoCal software startups that are trying to execute on their big ideas. Uh, we have a community and company building platform, as well as uh, team and, and investment to make that happen. So if you are uh, looking to be part of that, you can go to oc4v.com to learn more. I am really excited to have my longtime friend, Neil Polachek on with me today, uh, and he is uh, coming to us from Northern California. And I've been so- somewhat taking advantage of this opportunity where I was having all my guests in the studio uh, with Paul here uh, up until the last couple months. And so this has been a great opportunity for me to to bring on some of my friends that are in other parts of the country. And Neil is coming to us from Northern California. He's currently the founder of uh, and a company called Think Like an App. And he introduced it to me last year and it immediately resonated with me. And so we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that. But it's a really a methodology and program that he's developed to work with companies and help them better anticipate the future so that they can succeed today. And yeah. he, he's really- Like, like to this morning. Like this morning. That's right. Yeah. I mean, everything needs to happen now. That's right. And so he he saw, I think before many, that we are increasingly relying on devices to help us get things done more easily and effectively. And we're expecting other businesses to uh, really respond to us in that way. And so let's we're going to talk a lot about the modern consumer and really also kind of how this crisis may be yeah. even further uh, accelerating that today. So he's been traveling the country. He's been discussing this with a whole bunch of business owners. And, you know, where, where Neil and I really have this kind of kindred spirit is around local business. And, you know, those that have listened to this before know that I grew up in a family business that lasts many generations. And we, we met, it was probably about 15 years ago when we were both in the middle of this huge digital disruption that was happening in the local directional advertising industry, otherwise or formerly known as the yellow pages principally. And he was the CEO of, of the preeminent research advisory group in that industry and just had such a, a great perspective on both the legacy of it as well as where it was headed. And so he's been sought after many, many times for speaking as well as advisory. He works with a number of Bay Area startups. And, you know, we also are both UCLA Bruins. So, you know, we got to. Uh, Go Bruins. Got to root for the Bruins together. And so there's clearly, you know, a lot to be learned from Neil uh, as well. Great to have you here on Accelerate OC today, Neil. It's great to be here, Kerry. Thanks so much. I think we've known each other more than 15 years, though. Um, yeah. But that just dates both of us a little bit exactly. more. Exactly. I mean, it's been um, a several, so- yeah, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> been, a, you know, a long, fun uh, friendship. So I, I appreciate you for that. But Let's go back to, you know, what I said uh, in the beginning, which, you know, you, you and I were catching up last year and you were telling me about this 
yeah. uh, initiative, Think Like an App, that you had been working on. And I just was like, oh, that makes so much sense to me. And somehow it's not intuitive, though, to a lot of business people. So, you know, what was it that sort of got you going, oh, yes, this is the right concept. And how did, how did you see that this need really emerging? So I, I had been hired by a company in the local media space. Uh, this is back 18 months ago mm-hmm. or so, end of 2018. They said, Neil, we wanted you to come out and do a presentation for our customers, mainly small to medium-sized businesses, and we want you to talk about the customer journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, isn't that last year's story? So I said I was going to write about it, and I was looking at my phone, and I'm thinking, well, oh, this is the real new journey. It's mm-hmm. the app world. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about it differently and think that, you know, all these big companies that we're, we're engaging with on our phones, on our, you know, through apps, you know, the Amazons, the Dominoes, the, the UPSs, they're all changing how we experience their businesses. And I thought, well, what I really need to do is bring to these local and small businesses a reor- a, a, an opportunity to reorient their business so that they can compete on the same level locally as these large companies. These large companies, Amazon, what do they spend on R&D? Like $25 billion a year? You know, all these companies are spending enormous amounts of money in research and analysis, in design and redesign of their, their experiences. I thought, well, why don't I bring that knowledge, that learning stuff down to the local marketplace? And so I was sitting at my desk and I, sort of came up with, well, what they really need to do is think like an app because those apps are really what's defining our experiences with the commercial world and even the non-commercial world. Um, there are plenty of non-commercial apps out there too. So, so it was really about thinking that, you know, the, the modern consumer is sitting in this device daily, hourly, minute by minute, and with a tick and a click and a this and a that, they're off doing stuff immediately, and these small and medium-sized businesses need to, to need to start to get there. Mm-hmm. So I spent last year, 2019. That was last year, yeah. The world's mm-hmm. changed so fast. It so feels quickly. like, yeah. It, it who knows when like it was? Forever ago. Okay. And I, I probably spoke to 1,500 uh, local small businesses around the country, and this was not in places like San Francisco and Los Angeles and. Seattle and, you know, all the all, all the, the cities we think of as being tech forward. These were Greenville, South Carolina, York, Pennsylvania, Lafayette, Louisiana, second tier, third tier markets. And what I saw is that these business owners really kind of resonated with this. They kind of they went, oh, yeah, I, I do need to do that differently or I'm doing that, but I'm not explaining how I'm doing it. I sort of did my research last year to make sure this idea of think like an app resonated. And then this year, what I'm doing is I'm turning it into a, what's called a playbook, mm-hmm. which is really a, a online course. I'm, it's sort of, it's going to launch probably in the next two months or so online course where you really think about the three pillars of what I talk about. Think like an app are authenticity. You have to be authentic in this world, mm-hmm. even more so today than three months ago before this whole craziness happened. You 
absolutely have to be transparent with your customers, even more so today than three months ago. And heck, heck you got to be immediate. And, and so my three things are authenticity, transparency, and immediacy. And in the playbook, you know, what we really do is we go through and think about authenticity in terms of a business owner's values. So we do a whole little sort of uncovering your own values and why you're in business and all that stuff. Then we go through transparency and think about the notion of trust because the Dalai Lama said something about, um, I don't know if you're into the Dalai Lama stuff, Carrie, or not, but said something I could find the quote. It's, it's essentially, if you're not trustful, I can find the quote. Basically, if you're not straight and open and transparent, then you'll be distrusted because hmm. that's just the way things are. And then finally, you got to be immediate. And it's really about removing friction points in your buying or, you know, engagement process. Mm -hmm. So it's really these three pillars that are supported by thinking about values and trust and friction points that really, I think, can help businesses and frankly, businesses of all shapes and sizes sure. and us as individuals, frankly, mm -hmm. if we're not transparent and authentic and immediate in the way we deal with our significant others, Sure. our business partners, our anything, we're going to be rendered to the scrappy, sure. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to be great at all three of those things, but you got to keep pushing on thinking about those three things. Yeah, very, so very, that's, yeah, that's, that's super, I think it's, it's super interesting and also instructive. Um, you know, I think the, the, reaction that far too often people I'm sure have when they see this is, oh, it's just another guy suggesting I need to build an app, right? Which is what I found so exciting about it when you introduced it to me, because I said, no, that's not what he's saying, right? Like, that's why right. I like it that, and I've done that literally in a prior business where we built an app only to realize that our customers didn't want to didn't use need it. it. So, right. so I, you know, so I've seen it on the bad decision side, but Growing up in the, you know, in the retail business that I did, that idea of, of you know, those principles of authenticity, which we had deeply being a, a over 100-year-old family business. and That's authentic, man. Yeah, right? the transparency and immediacy, I think, were the places where we, we certainly probably could have continued to improve if I were to reflect on it now and say, okay, yeah. how, would, how would I adjust that business today? So I think... That's a great place to start. So what what are you what are you finding is is the either the resistance or the the starting point for people to go, okay, here here's the the initial upgrade or change I need to make. I think last year when I was doing this and going around the country, I didn't have a playbook for them. Mm -hmm. I had a one page cheat sheet where they could sort yeah. of go through and try and figure out where they had gaps. Mm -hmm. But now I've put together a whole playbook where it really walks through, you know, your values have to support that authenticity to think. So what are your true core values? And, and so I think I'm in a better place this year than I was last year. Last year was kind of like my R&D year. Mm -hmm. This year is kind of my execution year. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably in two months time, I'll have this online course where we'll put it out in the marketplace Hopefully businesses will find it valuable and go through the it's probably an eight module online course. Um, hopefully it won't be, you know, it'll be some video, it'll be some audio, it'll be some slides. It'll be, there'll be mm -hmm. some interactive stuff as well. 
It really resonated with people. Here's one story I'll tell you about. I think we were on the transparency section of the talk, music story a couple times in Greenville, South Carolina. And this gentleman who's a moving and storage guy, and we know from our Yellow Page days and from those days, Carrie, mm -hmm. that that was a great category. Yes. Big, big dollars in moving and storage. Mm -hmm. So this nice guy, he ran 20, he had 25 simultaneous long haul moving customers at any one point in time. And I was talking about, I think I was talking about the Domino's uh, pizza tracker. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about um, maybe, um, you know, how Amazon tells you when your package has left the building and where it is and all that. Mm -hmm. Transparent into the process, how the sausage yeah. is made to some extent. So he raises his hand and says, he says, well, every day I get about 25 calls from my my customers wondering where my stuff is. And he said, but the funny thing is, Neil, I know exactly where it is within 500 feet because I have sensors on all the trucks mm -hmm. and all. So I know where everything is. And he said, what you're telling me, Neil, is I should turn that model upside down. And instead of having them call me, I should use a little bit of technology called email or text and push a message to my customers saying, hey, your stuff is in Phoenix tonight. It's on, you know, it's left Phoenix and it's now, you know, in Albuquerque or wherever it's going. And that way he turns that whole experience from having his customers have to call him. Maybe he's on a call, so then he's got to get back to them and proactively sending it out. And it totally changed the way he thought about doing business. I was, just the other day, I was, I was um, my friend Dan the dentist, who I talk, to a, talk a lot about in all my, all my live presentations. Dan the dentist is my friend from the third grade. He lives around mm -hmm. the corner. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a letter that he was going to send his patients about COVID and all this stuff. And I added, he, he said something about, I know, you know, I know you're all anxious and concerned about all this stuff. And then I added, and we are too, into that sentence structure, or maybe I added another sentence. And it totally changed how that, it, it opened up that, God, guess what? These dentists are just as anxious as their sure. patients. They're anxious about different things, but it totally revealed himself to his, to his patients and totally opened up a conversation. So that's there. There are all these little things around transparency, around authenticity, around immediacy that businesses can do instantly. Not mm -hmm. like big, you know, technology upgrades. Though sure. you can use technology, but it's around thinking differently. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper uh, yeah. on that one. So, you know, there's been obviously a history of, of things like mystery shopping for a long time, mostly yeah. used by larger companies. Mm -hmm. What what are you seeing these business owners do to really orient themselves to the, the customer experience, whether it's their current one to get a baseline, their yeah. competitors, but that it's one of those things that I feel like just isn't that intuitive to a lot of business owners to really understand like how does does my customer experience whatever it is that I have or do. Well, I think a lot of business owners don't go through the process themselves. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I really encourage business owners to do is put yourself in the shoes of your customer, patient, client, 
and what forms do you need to fill out and what's the experience online and and is there a contact form or is there a chat or like go through that experience to really vet out where are the friction points because what we know is is that you know look amazon started at two-day delivery then they went to day delivery now they're two-hour delivery they keep shrinking these friction points and as a business owner you've got to think about how do you shrink the friction points how do you get rid of them because a lot of that's those friction points are there from years ago you just keep doing it the same way so one thing I think business owners don't do a very good job of is thinking through that and imagining themselves as their own customer. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a really powerful exercise for business owners to go through Absolutely. and maybe have their significant other or their kid, their, their you know, maybe 18 something year old kid mm -hmm. actually try and buy something from them. That's a really powerful because it's a real, it's a real, you know, Business owners learn a lot when they force that on themselves. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So how are you thinking about you this in this current crisis environment? I mean, I, I, it's, it's clearly not changed in relevance. Maybe it's even accelerated. No, I think like, it's how even more thinking? relevant. Yeah, how are I you? Actually, yeah. I think it's more relevant because, you know, that you, you can read all over the Internet about the the analysts who say they're going to be 30 million small, but all these sort of doom and gloom numbers. Mm -hmm. First, you and I know from this local space that the addressable market is, can see there 7 million small businesses. I used to use 10 because I was a bad math guy and 10 mm -hmm. was an easy number to do division on. Or they even, some people say that 30 million. Sure. We know that a lot of those businesses would have gone out of business COVID or not, because you just know there's a lot of churn in the small business space. I think now more than ever, though, with this thing happening and, you know, there's going to be a, a, a dampening of consumer spend. There's no question about that. No arguing. But they're going to be choosier about who they're going to spend their money with. Sure. OK, so as we think about that, you got to be even more authentic and real. You've got to be even more transparent and you got to take more friction points out of the process because this, there will be less demand. Mm -hmm. And so the suppliers of that demand are going to have to step up their game even more. I think we were in a red hot market there, you know, pre COVID, you know, you couldn't get a plumber out if, you know, unless your floor mm -hmm. was, unless you had stuff all over your floor or, you know, I mean, super emergency stuff. It was all backed up. The demand exceeded the supply. That's going to flip. And now you got to step up your game even more and be even more present. Whether that's using technologies like chat on your website, pretty critical. Chat, uh, texting with your customers. You know, it's funny, Carrie. I used to go to these events and I'd ask a couple of questions. I'd say, how many of you like to listen to voicemail? No hands would go up. Sure. How many of you like to leave a voicemail? No hands would go up. How many of you are still using voicemails with your customers? Yeah, and all these hands would hand. go up. Yeah. And I'd be like, wait a second. You just told me you didn't like it to either leave them or listen to them. But you're still using that as a, as a communication tool. Get rid of it. Find text. That's how this modern consumer, that's how they operate. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, you know, stepping up your game. It's going to be really important.
totally, totally resonates. So as we said, we've, we've known each other for a long time. I mean, I, I feel like we, we were in the middle of this transition that was really mm-hmm. hard for yeah. a lot of businesses that were just used to, hey, I give the Yellow Pages, the newspaper, the cable company, the radio station for you know Paul, who has a history there, some ad dollars, and that's where the audience is. And I, and I feel like that change when the digital disruption of audience really happened, some of them made huge strides forward. Yeah. Some of them really struggled. So what do you see happening in the next, you know, five years from this small business community to, to get through, not just this crisis, but I feel like yeah. we're in this next phase of disruption. We are. And, and, and there are a couple things, you know, I know my age, you're a bit younger than me. I don't know how Paul, how old Paul is, but what I know is that I was born at the peak of the baby boom. 1957, now you know how old I am, was the peak of the baby boom. So we're all now like looking at retirement. I'm not because I love what I do and I think I'm still relevant. We're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're having Absolutely. me on your show, which means I'm still relevant because you you're a young guy. <laughs> but It's all in but, the mind, Neil. So I, I'm not young you know, as much as I convince myself. Me too. But anyway, there's a a whole mass of business owners who are going to be looking to exit in the next, I'd say, three to eight years. Mm -hmm. And maybe that time horizon is actually going to be stretched now because of this this more than hiccup, whatever we want to call it. So what I think is a lot of those businesses are going to have to modernize their business so that when they go to sell their business, whether it's a dental practice or a dry cleaning store or a, a house cleaning service, whatever their business is, they're going to want to sell it. You don't want to sell that thing when it's modernized and get the best value you sure. can for it, rather than trying to sell an antiquated business that somebody's going to have to come in and modernize for themselves. They mm-hmm. might as well just start one, right? Sure. So I think there's going to be a lot of... of modernizing of these local small businesses in the next three to five years because those people want to eventually retire sure. and exit. That's and then it. on the other end, on the other end, they're going to be competing with all these. Now think about the 30 million people or so who have been laid off or furloughed. Mm-hmm. They're at home sitting around thinking about their new small business to, you know, mm-hmm. because the corporate world is mm-hmm. gone maybe. So we're going to see a flood of potential upstarts in the small business space that are going to be immediately thinking about an app. So we're going to see on one end a lot of investment to to modernize a business. On the other end, a lot of new modern small businesses entering the market. Mm -hmm. So from a consumer's perspective, I think it's going to be great because you're going to have, you know, you're not going to call somebody and get a voicemail mm-hmm. and wait three days for them to return the call. You, as a consumer, you're going to get a lot better experiences. And I think, you know, I think that we as consumers want to be brought into the experience more. Yes. So one of the things I talk a lot about in transparency Except is... Except when they're cleaning my 
uh, cleaning out my toilet. I'm not sure I need to be well, brought into okay. that more, but I, I get. But in general, I get your point totally. But wait, but wait. Yeah. When when they <laughs> introduced the video uh, yeah. sewer line thing, yeah. so you could see your sewer line, that's bringing you into that's being more transparent, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I I have a friend who sent me a a video clip of an auto repair guy who went around the car with his mm-hmm. with his phone. Yeah takes video of all the things they're going to do to that car and shows them the, mm-hmm. the you know, the, the drums, uh, the, sure. the brake drums, and it brings the consumer into the experience. Now that's, that's an area that needs it desperately, right? Because, oh. you know, the auto repair space is, I almost it's hold it up. It's neither transparent, like, that's right. immediate, or yeah. authentic. That's right. And it's like yeah. the epitome as well of this idea of, I call it information asymmetry, where, I don't know anything about my car or the the mechanics or electronics, particularly today. Yeah. And so you take it in, you you have to just blindly trust. Black hole. Yeah. yeah. And you don't even know when you get it back if they actually did what they said. Like it's it's a huge. So that's one that I think is ripe for exactly what you're you're saying from a think like an app standpoint. All of these are ripe for that. Um, you know, you think about even a painting contractor. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to hire one, and we're not going to let our houses go unpainted for the next sure. 10 years because of this COVID thing, we're going to be calling these painted contractors. Yep. We're going to want to know what precautions they're taking. We might even want to now know what what what's in their paint products, you know, and what's that supply chain like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go into the uh, the tablecloth restaurants these days in Orange County, and it says, you know, this lettuce is from this farm, and this pork belly is from this pork you know they're bringing us into their experience you know and it's you see it everywhere so so you you've traveled a lot right which i think is really in uh informative and helpful uh uh, and and you know part of what uh, i've been involved with here in orange county is this sense of uh reinvention of our uh, economy. You, you talked about mm-hmm. some of the you know bigger companies out there that just spend incredible amounts of money on research and development. It's not spending; it's investing, right? right? It was like the right. days of you know the the small businesses that were super successful didn't look at advertising as a cost; they looked at it as an investment, right? Absolutely. And so, as you think about the Bay Area where you've been for a long time versus mm-hmm. Southern California. You know, and, and particularly here, like we we just don't see the amount of of research and development investment happening, which I think is starting to catch up with our economy. So, you know, what is it about the Bay Area that you feel like those of us not there should be looking at and say, that's you know, there's parts of it that I don't want to emulate, but there are <laughs> the parts around <laughs> innovation, thinking differently, that are are incredibly valuable. What is it that you feel like we should be learning from, you know, here and even in other parts of the country. One of the things I've seen in the Bay Area, and, and I live north of San Francisco. I don't live down in the valley. Sure. What I have experienced is these meetups, these sort of, sort of, and, you know, I don't know what that looks like going forward. Mm-hmm. It'll all come back. You know, sure. all this stuff will happen yes. again. When that is, is the yes. bigger question. Yes. But it was these meetups where you got a bunch of people who were building stuff in a room and didn't know any didn't know each other introduce themselves and they go oh that's pretty interesting i want to talk to them about how they're doing that 
And I want to talk to them about how they're doing that. And it's this, this sort of, I don't want to call it obsessive networking, but that's kind of what it is up here. There's a real high intense networking index, you might call it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's maybe one of the differences. And some of that is distance. You know, you could, you could hop, you could be in San Francisco and walk to some of these things south of market. Sure. You didn't have to get in a car. You know, L.A., I grew up in L.A., mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much everything you got to get in a car. Um, maybe not these days as much, but but there's no like that density of mm-hmm. that density of networking opportunities. Probably mm-hmm. not there. So I think you got to figure out ways to to do that down there. Mm-hmm. I also think there's going to be some exiting of the Bay Area for bigger houses that where they don't have to drive from the Central Valley to get into the Silicon Valley anymore. Sure. Um, so I think that's actually a good thing for places like Orange County. I don't think you guys pitch your weather enough, mm-hmm. you know, or your golf courses enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really, I think the real difference is, is that you literally, I used to work downtown when I was doing some advising and I'd go in a couple of days a week and we'd just walk off to a little meetup where we had, you know, somebody said, hey, there's a meetup over here of people doing this. That's pretty cool stuff. That's that's really, uh, really interesting to think about. And yeah, how do we stimulate more of that? And and I think here, particularly cross-pollinating, cross-industry, yeah. cross, yeah. there's a lot of silos of, of people that orient to maybe just one industry or one area. So more of that collisions. And you can I learn so it. much from other people in other categories and other mm-hmm. industries, but people try and stay kind of narrowly focused. And sure. and that always t- creates blinders for people. And you miss a bunch of opportunities. Yeah. Well, and, we're, and I think, you know, that that's sort of like my other concern is that we, we haven't had enough experience here in building and investing in what I would call I, I hate using the term technology companies, but these very innovative, whether it's software, life science, right? You have, you have a lot of people that have worked in professional services or real estate or retail or these other industries. And there's been tremendous amounts of success. But, uh, you know, I've had somebody say to me literally like, Carrie, if it doesn't have doors and windows, then I, I just don't understand it. I can't invest in it. And so, you know, in the Bay Area, it seems like everybody is involved in or invested in, in some way, these innovative, uh, and it's almost like a fear of missing out if you don't, or fear of uh, irrelevance if you're not around it. So, like, how do we... Well, there's some truth, there is truth to that, Kerry, and and that's not a good thing, actually. I mean, it's one of the things that turns people away from the Bay Area, is that if you're not, like, in the hottest new startup, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're roadkill. Sure. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, and, that I agree with. And you need to have a more balanced kind of portfolio mm-hmm. of kinds of companies. But I think, you know, whereas we may be t- indexed too much in that regard, Southern California doesn't index enough in that enough. regard. Yeah. Yeah. And look, there there are people in real estate who should be thinking about what is the new real estate world mm-hmm. look like? And what is the technologies that's going to help change that and help that become the reality. Plenty of plenty of knowledgeable people. My friend Andy, who works at CBRE, I mean, mm-hmm. they're having to rethink what 
commercial real estate looks like, perhaps. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's on a, a number big of deal. levels, right? Yeah. Yeah. A number of levels. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So as you think about industries, you know, if you're if you're the the economic development advisor to an area like Southern California or Orange County, what are the industries that you say from where you sit, hey, I feel like over the next 10, 20 years, these are the ones that you have the opportunity to really lead in? Well, I think real estate is, I mean, LA is such a real estate world. Mm -hmm. um, I got to believe that there'll be really interesting things coming out of people who had been in real estate, maybe aren't in it now because of things have changed, but mm -hmm. they can use that experience to redefine what real estate might look like. Maybe it's what real estate leasing looks like. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's what finding properties look like. Um, there's a lot of technology that can be applied there. I think about transportation. LA's got to be thinking about transportation stuff. Maybe it's weather stuff. I don't know. LA's Weather is a big part of Southern California's its weather experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, certainly the entertainment space. There, there's got to be people who really understand that and can bring it into some, the technology. How to make how to make this this Zoom stuff more engaging? Mm -hmm. And then this is an engaging conversation, but they're not all this good, right? Yeah. So what what do you bring from the entertainment world mm -hmm. to make? what we would call these virtual experiences even better. Yeah, think about it in terms of local retail. You know, one of the things that I feel like this environment has highlighted is that, uh, you know, I can get anything to my door. And so the bar now for me is to way higher. come out of my house and go to you is way higher. So that experience better be really compelling, which may end up being more like entertainment. Yeah, it's experiential marketing. That's a huge category for people who have been in the entertainment space mm -hmm. to, to, to take to the next level. Um, and I think that's what consumers want. I mean, all the data says they want experiences. They don't want, they want a buying experience because you are totally correct. We can buy anything. I could buy, I could have bought it while we were doing this conversation. Sure. I could have bought, you know, ties or masks or whatever sure. while we were doing this conversation in order for commercial real estate and retail to, to succeed, it's going to have to be mm -hmm. um, raised that experience for sure. So we're, you know, still kind of in this a uh, little bit in the middle of this crisis as we're getting close to the midpoint of the year, even Mm -hmm. um, how do you think about the second half of this year and even, you know, 2021 helping people plan ahead? You know, I, it's a, that's a, that's a tall question. It is. It is. So the, 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 most of those have been softballs. This is the hard, <laughs> hardball question. You know, I, some days I get up and think this is all going to go away relatively mm -hmm. soon. And we're going to start to go back to normal because we want to. Sure. We had uh beverages last night at our neighbors next door mm -hmm. and he put his the he put a line on the deck you know mm -hmm. so that was the mm -hmm. six foot line i mean like at what point do we kind of go are we nuts or what what i mean like when sure. does this start to evolve and i think people are going to get uh the people are already sort of uh, there's a, a fatigue factor on all mm -hmm. this stuff so i think that i'm i'm hopeful i think we should all be hopeful that that in California, we've done a really good job of bending the curve down, yeah. 
We never hit a big peak. And I think we also need to really think about who do we need to protect? Yes. My mom's 93. She lives in an assisted living place up in Westwood. Mm -hmm. For a while, she was able to have dinner with her friends. Then they shut that down. I mean, they've sort of sure. taken back her, her freedom. And that's okay. She's 93. But how do we apply things, you know, for the healthy part of the population that is less at risk and protect those who are more at risk mm -hmm. in a thoughtful way? If we can get there, then I think things come back sooner. Um, you know, if we open the doors tomorrow and everybody go gets, goes and gets sick, then, you know, we've set ourselves back. So it's this very yep. sort of thread the needle kind of thing of, of what's the right level of, of, of um, uh, what's the word, mitigation, right? To apply mm -hmm. to what parts of the population. That's the hard part. Yeah, it's, I think we're in a tough spot. I mean, it's just so so hard to make whether it's planning decisions or investment decisions or uh a lot of a lot of elements of life just are are so unclear uh a month out three months out six months out certainly a year or two out so i think that that like people tend to not like that it's just really super fuzzy yeah it's really uncomfortable it is yeah but i think i think we're going to see it all well, certainly in in two, I mean, in eighteen months, I think there'll be a vaccine. People, mm -hmm. you know, there'll be either vaccines or or cures, so people don't get as sick. Mm -hmm. What are we? We're in May, probably early next year. That probably is a reality. I mean, I can't wait to go to a UCLA game. They've got a mm -hmm. new athletic director. Yeah. Hopefully, the Guerrero era is over. And Cronin did a fantastic mm -hmm. job this year That's and right. was cut short. Mm -hmm. um, of seeing where that team could go, but they really started to play well yeah, to bring exactly. it full circle to our Bruin days. That's right. And that'll be the things that I think, you know, ultimately get people re-engaged and energized. Yeah. Too. You mentioned earlier, you know, you, you, you've been at this a while, but you're still, you know, youthful, energized. What, what do you do to keep yourself sharp and, and relevant and innovative in, in your mind? Uh, I, I'm always thinking about these small businesses and how they can continue to be successful. What I don't want to see, I don't want to wake up one day and walk downtown and see that there's no stores open because Amazon has killed everything. And, I, you know, look, we buy from Amazon. Mm -hmm. We bought a, a shower mat from Amazon. OK, it's going to have its place. But I don't want life to become essentially Amazon. And then what else is there? You know, like. Amazon's a great thing, but these businesses need to engage. We want to touch and feel things. We want experiences with people who are in the shop to tell us that looks great on you. Amazon's not going to tell me what looks great on me, okay, mm -hmm. and connect to me emotionally. Sure. It's just not. It's very utilitarian. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see that, that, that human thing continue with small businesses. So I get up every day thinking about that and Lately, I've been trying to get out for long runs, so that's trying to keep me youthful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Paul's giving me the time sign here, Neil. So um, last thing I always ask my guests, kind of final lap, is to share you know, key lessons they've learned or a piece of advice. So if you, you know, are, are, you're obviously you know, doing a lot of that with this Think Like an App program, mm -hmm. but if I'm a small business owner trying to figure out how should I be thinking about uh, what's in front of me? What what advice would you have for them today? 
You know, I think it's it's sort of doing that that family research. Ask your kids how they're engaging with the businesses they buy from and experience. Think about what that Amazon experience is like and how do you make it even more like how do you make your buying experience if you sell things or if you're a, provide client services? Just really, I think it's all about putting yourself in the in the buyer's shoes and going to your business and feeling what that's like, mm -hmm. you know, take a drive through that. And, and the other thing I'd say is, is that I think it's Maya Angelou who mm -hmm. said, people don't remember what they did or what they said. People remember how they made you feel. Yep. Okay. And in this world of technology, the more we can figure out how to make people, how to connect people emotionally, mm -hmm. the more successful businesses will be. Because that, at the end of the day, differentiates everything. It's how we feel connected emotionally. So Yeah, that's so good. So good, Neil. Well, thank you so much for joining oh, me today. Oh, great. It's been great. Taking I got us on this ride. for you, too. Hey, I, I appreciate that. You know, it makes me feel good that you... Uh, that you did, and I uh, absolutely. I, I tried to return the the favor as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that you know, I'm I'm excited to see where this course and think like an app goes. Yeah. I think it's going to make a huge impact on. Well, when I launch it, here, I'd love to connect back with you and just yeah. you know, and we can point people to the the site in a couple of weeks or months uh, as this thing rolls out. Because sounds great. I think there's going to be really good stuff in there for folks. Yeah. Well, and I look at it as like you're going to help a lot of businesses, and therefore you're going to help a lot of consumers that are going yeah. to have better experiences. So there's That's a right. a dual impact. So yep. thank you. It was great to catch up. Yep. Be well, yep. and and let's do it again soon. Yeah. Look forward to it. Thanks right. a lot. Take, Take care. care. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together. 